Hello, everyone. It's uh, the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast for Friday afternoon on July 9th, uh, one day after the Indians have ended their nine-game uh, losing streak with uh, a rather entertaining game, uh, all things taken into consideration. Uh, I'm Jamie Turner, filling in for Joe Noga, and here's Paul Hoynes, the eminent grease. I try to throw in a little... <laughs> French or Latin, and I'm sorry if I don't know which one it is, uh, of the uh, Indians uh, reporting uh, core. And uh, Paul, it was certainly an interesting night last night. Yeah, definitely, Jamie. Um, you know, I, when, when you're writing games like that, you, 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 like your, your, your head is going in like 15 different directions. I had like five different leads you know, figured out, you know, one was they've lost 10 straight. And and I, unfortunately, I put that in the headline of the early story because I was so zeroed in on that. And uh, the one, they'd lost 10 straight. Uh, second, uh, you know, uh, Roberto Perez was the hero. Third, uh, you know, uh, James Karinchak was the, uh, the GOAT. And uh, Carlos uh, Santana had come back to haunt his old team. And finally, uh, Fran Mill Reyes pulls it out of the fire with a uh, three-run homer after, you know, the Royals uh, understandably intentionally walked Jose Ramirez, who has just made their life miserable over the course of his career. And uh, and and Reyes uh, comes through, and and the Indians win it in dramatic uh, style. To I guess if you're going to end a nine-game losing streak, that that's the way you should end it. Well, given all the angst that they've have gone through, you know, for the last week and a half and, you know, the, the close games and there weren't many, but close games that they lost were just heartbreakers for you know how they lost them. Uh, it, it, this is probably a very cathartic uh, experience and, and hopefully will kind of erase the cloud that's been sitting around over their heads for the last week and a half. Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, you know, everybody uh, played a role in it. Uh, Cesar Hernandez started it in the ninth with a with a double. Uh, you know, they walk Jose with two outs, and you know, Reyes had a great quote after the game, saying, "You know, I, you know, I swear on my children, the head of my children, that I was I was saying." walk cozy, walk cozy. And when they, I said, I was saying, please walk cozy because I wanted to be in that spot. I wanted that shot. And he, he took the, you know, he took advantage of it. You know, he's, since he's come off the injured list last Saturday, he's, he's hit, uh, you know, he's hitting like 381. He, he's hit homers in his last three games and he's uh, driven in nine runs. So he's, you know, this is this is just what they needed. It's, and, uh, you know, hopefully they can go into the All-Star break, you know, with a healthy Reyes, with, uh, you know, at least some momentum after, you know, just, play, you know, you know, being beat down on that on that losing streak and uh, kind of be refreshed coming out of the other the other end of the break. The uh, are, are we now certain that are or do we at least think it's possible that Reyes will be taken off the we must handle him with kid gloves situation yeah you know i i think uh you know i i wouldn't be surprised if they they they, they kind of handle him the way they've done right up through the break give him those four days to make sure he's he's a hundred percent hope four days over the break where he's not playing 
and uh, then uh, take the gloves off when they start that six-game trip out of the break to uh, Oakland and Houston. But you know, maybe you know, maybe Tito uh, will. Uh, but those guys, you know, if Tito listens to the medical staff, and I'm sure, you know, the last thing you want to do is have him re-injure that oblique and and lose him for another six weeks. So, you know, those are tricky, tricky injuries. The, the, the reason I bring that up is that he actually played in two consecutive days. He just didn't play in consecutive games because of the double header. Right. So, right. right. You know, if, if you know, if he was good on Wednesday and he obviously, you know, was fine last night, uh, you know, I certainly understand the idea of, you know, you don't want to, you know, spoil him for another month and a half, you know, in uh, early July. But at the same time, their lineup looks a lot better with him in it. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. It's it's deeper. You can move Bobby Bradley down in the lineup. You know, he's not hitting third or or, or uh, fourth. Uh, you know, you got Harold Ramirez a little lower in the lineup. Uh, so, you know, that that gives you some hitters, you know, one more hitter and, and really, uh, you know, the, the guy you want on in, in hit and clean up or number three or wherever he hits. He's uh, he's the guy you want driving in runs. And and, uh, you know, he's the right handed hitter. They, they they've spent the last well, since since Manny left town. So they uh, Manny Ramirez left town. He's the right handed power hitter they've been looking for. And uh I'm sure they want to play him as much as possible, but I would not, you know, I, I think they're still going to exercise caution with him. Yeah, well, that's, there is a, it's certainly a defensible position. It's, a, it's just for, for people who want this. Well, not only do they want to have the Indians have the best chance possible of winning, Reyes does stuff that, you know, makes you leave the ballpark thinking, well, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He's he's a he's a you know he and you know he's not just a uh, Jamie like we've seen. He's not just a swing and miss guy. You know he's he's a, not just an all or nothing player. We've seen him. You know he hits for a pretty high average. He can go to right field when he's really you know when, when he's going good. He's he's going to center field and right field. Uh, he hits the ball that way with authority. And uh, so he's not just you know. Like uh, he's not just a one-dimensional player, and and he's a fun guy to be around. You can tell he likes the game. His teammates like him. You know, he's. I think he seems to be uh, when he's healthy and in the locker room, he's the focal point of that team. Uh, let's switch to the mound and Zach Plesac's return from uh, his broken thumb. Um, it seems like he was largely effective, uh, except for a couple of uh, very hittable pitchers, uh, pitches rather to Santona, uh, San, Santana, Santona, Santana, and uh, uh, Hunter Dozier. Hunter, Hunter Dozier. Um, what'd you think? Yeah, you know, I thought it was encouraging. I thought it was, you know, kind of. I think he would have done this. It, this was basically a rehab start for him. You know, just. He could have been doing this at Akron or or Columbus, but he was doing it in Cleveland just because, you know, their pitching situation is so dire. They wanted to see just what he looked like. And, you know, this, there's no better test than to face big league hitters. And he retired the first nine, nine guys he faced, uh, struck out three of them. 
and then, you know, I think predictably he got a little tired in that fourth mm-hmm. inning. He said, you know, he, he you know, please did what he what he always does. He throws a lot of strikes. I think he threw 69 percent of his pitches for strikes last night. He didn't walk anybody. And, you know, he's so he's walked uh, 12 guys this year, I think. And uh, and he gave up a couple home runs, which, you know, was not his M.O. before this year. But, you know, it has be, has been his kind of modus operandi um, this year. He's uh, he's already given up nine home runs. So we'll, we'll have to see that. But I think, you know, uh, uh, Jamie, he throws so many strikes and he and he's right around the strike zone all the time. That even he said, you know, I've got to come, I've got to come up with a way to kind of expand the strike zone, especially when he's ahead in the count. So you know, not, you know, you don't, you don't have to throw every pitch doesn't have to be a strike, you know, because hitters are, are going to chase. Hitters want to hit, and if you get them behind in the count, they're going to be get anxious, and so you know, you kind of nibble a little bit. And I think that's probably something we'll see him refine, refine as he, uh, you know, gets back into the rotation. Is the uh, now that he's not going to be pitching again until they come back out of the break? Uh, do they have a plan for how they're going to uh, keep him, you know, developing during this time off? Yeah, he'll he'll go over the break. He'll go to uh, Goodyear, Arizona, uh, where the Indians have their you know spring training facility and their uh, complex teams plays, and he'll throw a simulated game there. I think. They want him to throw about 80 pitches in that game uh, and then uh, get ready uh, to to start uh, the third game of the Oakland series uh, coming out of the break on uh, on July 18th at the Coliseum. So, you know, they want to keep so he'll stay active. He'll stay in a hopefully stay sharp and then, uh, you know, after Oakland, I probably uh, you know the gloves come off and they they let him you know, they kind of turn him loose here. Well, if they let him have 80 pitches uh, in his next MLB start, then you know you're basically looking at a guy who could certainly go at least five innings and maybe right. stretch one more inning out of it. You know if, if he's particularly efficient. Uh, then uh, let's go to from the start to the end. Uh, Krinchak, uh has had some pretty, well, busy. He's had some pretty long innings in his last few times out for the Indians. Uh, you know, it's, it was last night just, well, you know, he threw a fastball to a guy who can hit a fastball. And, and uh, Santana tied the game in the ninth. Or is, you know, is there something else you're seeing? No, I think that's that's a good way of putting it. Uh... Jamie, you know, uh, he got to three and two on Santana and, uh, you know, he threw him a 96 mile an hour fastball that 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 Carlos crushed, you know. And uh, but, uh, you know, I don't think he was going to, you know, so, you know, it's it's with Karen check when you get him in that situation, you know, pitchers or hitters know it's going to be two pitches. He throws a curveball and he throws a fastball. So, you know, I think, you know, Carlos has to be sitting uh, fastball there. and, uh, you know, I think Karinczak is, you know, I, the thing I like about Karinczak is he, okay, gives up the, the game-tying home run to the leadoff hitter, and then he holds a tie. He doesn't collapse completely. You know, he gets out of that inning, and it gives them a chance uh, to do what they did in the bottom of the ninth uh, for their, what, I think, 
six walk-off fifth or six walk-off win this season. So, uh, you know, I, you know, that's, that's kind of a good sign to me that he's okay. You know, the thing I worried about Karen check was, you know, there was so much speculation about him using uh super glue or what, you know, the, uh, right. you know, getting it, the uh, sticky stuff to get an extra grip on the baseball. You know, obviously he's backed off on that if he was because his spin rates are way down. And I, I was, I was wondering how, he would react to that. And, you know, he, he's had some, I think you've had seen more of these kind of outings here. He hasn't been, you know, one, two, three, the dominant guy we saw early, but he's adjusting and he, he's still, you know, still really, really a, a promising uh, late inning reliever to me. And class A the same way, even though, you know, class A has struggled the last two times out. So, you know, and, and Class A was warming up again last night if it had gone to extra innings. So we could have we could have got a real real good look at both of them uh, last night, but fortunately we didn't. Is there a sense? I mean, Tito's been basically you know using them interchangeably as the guy who, uh, who either you know tries to sh- to get the save or turn them around and make them the setup guys. Uh, do you get a sense that they're anywhere closer to saying, okay, this one is the actual closer. The other one is, is more set up. Yeah. You know, that's a good point. And I, I don't think they really know what, you know, just from the outside looking in, you know, they know obviously, but from the outside looking in, you know, I think class A is the closer, but you know, what they like to do with uh, uh, Karen check is when they get in those extra inning situations, with the uh, ghost runner on second base, you know, I think they found that Class A is more likely to give up contact, even though he's thrown harder. But uh, Karinchek, with his pitches, his ability to make guys swing and miss, they like him in that situation, in those, you know, extra innings where, where the automatic runner starts at second base because they think he's got a better chance of retiring the side without that guy scoring. We'll be back with some more insights like that from Paul Hoynes. Uh, but first, we'd like to remind you of, that you can always join subtext and get the latest information, whether it's a trade or a roster move, uh, some other development with the team, uh, direct from Paul and Joe Noga. Uh, the uh, subscription is just $3.99 a month, and we give you 14 free dr- days as a trial. Uh, it's it's a great way for you to get the inside information before anyone else will. Uh, this information goes out before it becomes a story, before it becomes a Twitter item. Uh, you can be the, the one who can inform your friends about, uh, hey, did you hear? Um, so that's subtext, and please give it a try. I think you'll enjoy it. That being said, we'll now uh, take a short break and we'll be right back with the second half of today's show. We're back with uh, Paul Hoynes. I'm Jamie Turner filling in for Joe Noga on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Uh, I, I want to get at some point, uh, maybe in a few minutes, uh, talk a little bit about the All-Star game. But uh, one thing that happened yesterday, which just hasn't happened for the Indians uh, pretty much all year, uh, are multiple three-run homers in the same game. Um, I'm not particularly surprised. I suspect not many fans would be that Fran Reyes was one of the guys who hit the home run. 
The other, Roberto Perez, <laughs> might have been a little bit more of a surprise, particularly since he was hitting about 135 in an injury-hampered season. Uh, are the Indians still as much uh, attached to, to Perez uh, as they've indicated for the last few years? Or is this in his uh, uh, what would be his free agent season? Uh, you know, maybe looking at uh, playing somewhere else next year. You know, Joe, that, I'm Joe. I'm sorry, Jamie. Hi. <laughs> hey, Jamie, I, you know, that's a great question. Um, I think, you know, they love the fact that they have two catchers in, in Perez and Austin Hedges that are great game callers that can, you know, have good arms that can control the running game. And, you know, I don't think they're re- they're really overly concerned that they're, they're both kind of a dead spot in the lineup when it when it comes to offense. Um, you know, but, you know, you, you raise a great point with um, with, uh, you know, Perez being a free agent at the end of this season. You know, he's making, you know, people were, you know, complaining when, you know, they, they paid Perez like they picked up his option five point five million for this season and they paid the uh, hedges over 3 million, you know, which on this payroll, which on a, a $50 million payroll, you know, they're, they're probably in the top 10, you know, top 10 paid players on, on the Indians for, you know, guys that, you know, can't hit their way out of a paper bag most of the time. So, um, you know, but I think, you know, they are built on pitching. They need, they need catchers that can handle a staff that can get the most out of a staff and uh, that's why, you know, Perez and, and Hedges are here. And, you know, it, it's going to be a really, really interesting question, uh, decision they make on uh, on Perez this winter. Do they keep him or and what do they pay him? You know, I mean, he's got to be making I would think, you know, you know, he's got to be making close to eight million, you know, seven, eight, nine million or maybe 10 million. He would be eligible to make. But. You know he's 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 at an interesting age too. He's he's 30. He's a catcher, like you said. You know, and kind of catch and throw all defense and, uh, and not a whole lot of offense. And there's a lot of guys like that. There's a lot of catchers floating around like that. You know, they the Indians uh, you know had had one here, Rene Rivera, who did a heck of a job, and uh, they just uh, gave him his outright release when Perez was added to the roster. So. You know, there's they, you can find catchers, and uh, so it's going to be an interesting uh, case study with Roberto come uh, you know free agent uh, this, the end of this season. And he's such an interesting case because two years ago he had his career year. He hits 24 home runs, bats 239, which is the most he's uh, highest he's batted as an Indian, with the exception of his rookie year when he was a part-time player. Uh, but if you look at the other seasons he's had offensively, they're pretty much pretty similar to what he's doing this year. You know, there's really, you know, 200 or under, uh, you know, some power, but not a lot of power. Uh, and, you know, as great as he is defensively, and he is obviously uh, an elite, elite defensive catcher. Um, but I, I just, I remember when the Cardinals, were you know committing themselves to Deani Molina when he wasn't hitting, but he got better as he got older as a hitter, and obviously retained his defensive skills. 
And I, I, this will be a really interesting challenge for the Indians to, to decide how they're going to do this. Because at some point, you would think a number one draft pick, um, Bo Naylor, is going to be you know, developed to be the starting catcher for this, for this franchise. But he probably isn't going to be ready for another year or two. Uh, so I, I, I think it's, it's really interesting to see how the, the front office will you know, attack this one. And whether perhaps Perez has enough good feelings about Cleveland, knowing he's not going to get an enormous contract anywhere, I don't think. Whether or not he's willing to uh, entertain coming back for not necessarily a discount, he'd still, he'd still get a raise of some kind. But uh, whether he, you know, the two parties can make that work out. Yeah, and the, another thing is uh, Jamie is is his health. You know, he he you know he had. Uh, you know, he had the bad shoulder last year. Uh, he had uh, the, the broken finger this year. Even during his, uh, you know, his two years ago during his career season, you know, he played the whole second half with bone chips in his ankle and needed surgery after that. So, you know, it's not like he's, he's, he's you know, catching 120 games a year. I don't know if you'd want him or 110 to 130 games a year. You know, we haven't seen that durability out of him. So, you know, and I'm sure that that factors into uh, what other teams see of him, you know, despite his, you know, winning the winning the last two gold gloves. And you're right. He is an excellent defense, uh, defensive catcher. Let's move on to uh, we'll have the home run derby on uh, Monday in uh, Colorado with uh, I saw a story today. Where somebody with, with the Angels was suggesting that Otani, Shohei Otani would be able to hit a ball out of the stadium in Denver. Um, and I, having seen that stadium, yes, it's it's supersized because of the air, but it also has you know triple deck in, in right field. I'm trying to think how he's going to hit it over that. But uh, uh, but the All Star break is is always interesting. You've seen a bunch of them. Uh, anything stand out to you when you think about all-star games? Yeah, you know, it, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. I don't know how it's going to be, you know, in the COVID era, era. They didn't even have, uh, you know, they didn't even have the all-star game last year. And, you know, we're at the kind of hopefully at the tail end of the COVID uh, pandemic. So, uh, you know, I'm sure there's going to be some restrictions. I'm going to be, ang- I, I, I'm just going to be interesting to see, do they open the locker rooms? Do they do, are the, who's wearing a mask, who, who's not wearing a mask, uh, are the, uh, you know, can you talk to the players on the field? I would think you'd have to, you know, there's just, the, the all-star game really attracts a lot of people. And, you know, I wonder if there's any carryover, Jamie, of the, the game getting moved from Atlanta to uh, Colorado, if the, how that, you know, is viewed uh, by the nation. That, that, and uh, But the thing about, I, you, I always love the home run derby. I know, you know, some people, you know, you know, kind of yawn at it, but it's really fun. Uh, you know, I just remember um, Mark McGuire hitting balls over the green monster. Like, uh, you know, he was just, uh, you know, just taking, you know, it was just like with ease and, uh, you know, uh, and Sammy Sosa, I think it was in Atlanta, just hitting it, you know, through through the those big openings at Turner Field. And, and those guys, they really get cranked up for it. And, uh, you know, Bobby Abreu at, at Comerica Park hit about 40 home runs in one round. And he was never the same in the second half, I don't think, for the Phillies. 
but uh, that you know, those are the things that that, that stick out to me. And and with Otani, you know, is he going to pitch and hit? You know, is he going to hit and maybe win the uh, win the uh, uh, <laughs> the home run derby? And and maybe who knows? Maybe he'll be the MVP of the All Star game. Well, he's he's certainly the I think the clear MVP of the first half of the season in the American League. Oh, for sure. I mean, this guy. You know, I saw him, uh, you know, when the Indians were out in L.A. and playing the Angels. He wasn't at his best. His velocity was way down, but he did hit a home run. Uh, he And, you know, the thing about him, Jamie, he's bigger than you think he is, and he's he's a lot faster than you think he is. I mean, he can he can fly, He li- and he likes to steal bases. You know, I'm just wondering, you know, Joe Madden said, you know, he's encouraging Otani to do this as, you know, and, you know, and I'm thinking of Joe Madden, this guy's your meal ticket. And, you know, so many players, you know, have, have backed out of the home run derby or, you know, been afraid of, uh, you know, perhaps him, you know, getting hurt or burning yourself out for the second half. And, uh, you know, and but it, it, it it's great for baseball. I think everybody wants to see this guy and uh, they want to see him pitch. They want to see him hit. And, uh, you know, we, we have not seen a player like this, Jamie. I can't I never saw a player like this. I, I remember, you know, him in, in spring training. The first time I saw him when he came over and signed with the Angels, he uh, he was, you know, the Indians played an exhibition game at Diablo Stadium and Corey Kluber made him look silly and uh, just, you know, had that that two seam, you know, kind of in that two seamer inside. And I, it, it looked like Otani had had never seen that pitch. I think a spring later or maybe the same spring. Uh, the Indians, Kluber was facing Otani again, or maybe it was a regular season. I, I'm not sure. He, Otani hit a home run that, that still hasn't come down. So th- this guy's a smart baseball player. He adjusts. And uh, I don't know if, if he'll ever, do you think he'll ever have to make a decision? Is he a hitter or a pitcher? Well, I, I think I, he was, uh, he's voted on the American League team as a DH. Uh, so in in this case, I you know I don't they'd have to change some rules for him to pitch and hit this year. Oh yeah, time. right, yeah. Uh, but yeah, the thing is, he's with the right manager to fully explore what he can do. It, the question will be for how long will he be able to do it? Joe yeah. Madden, he of oh by all means, let's you know use Aroldis Chapman in a in a <laughs> romp in Game Six of the World Series in 2016. And then watch him, you know, have to, you know, well, struggle is a charitable way of putting putting it uh, in, in trying to uh, save uh, the game in Game 7. But, you know, Madden seems to have no compunction about limits. He, he's, you know, limits are for other people, but not for Joe Madden. Yeah, so, I, so I guess Joe, Madden, yeah, Joe Madden's bank account is is okay then. I mean, maybe that's <laughs> well, that's what that means. But uh, but uh, man, I just you know, in Otani, it's not like he's been the the healthiest guy either. He you know he came over here needing Tommy John. I think he underwent Tommy John. He's had some he's had some health problems. But boy, what an exciting guy to watch! What 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 a fun. What a fun thing this All-Star game is going to be, and especially the, the home run derby. And before we go, uh, I, I'll bring this up because this is one of my favorite topics in baseball. Uh, the All-Star game this year is July 13th, which is exactly 50 years 
after what I think is the greatest all-star game ever played, uh, the 1971 edition in Detroit's Tiger Stadium that ended up uh, with an American League 6-4 victory in which uh, there were six home runs, all hit by Hall of Famers. Uh, the, the roster, uh, well, here, here's a stat for you. Entering that night, uh, you know, Cooperstown had been inducting baseball players into the Hall of Fame for a little over 30 years, 35 years or so. And in that time, nine players had been elected in their first year of eligibility, which you know, over 35 years is a pretty rare you know, occasion. 16 players who played in Detroit on July 13th 1971, were first ballot Hall of Famers. Wow. That's, now, that's something. That, that's a cool stat. Uh, there were 22 altogether. Uh, 23, of course, if Pete Rose hadn't been able to you know, separate himself from his bookie. Uh, but the, there were also three managers who were Hall of Famers and one umpire. Okay, Paul, here's your, here's your chance. God, I got no idea. I got Doug no Hart. idea. Who, who, Doug oh, Hart. Doug Hart. Oh, okay. Yeah, I should have known. I couldn't. I made him. I, I know that guy. I know. I know him. I, maybe I should have taken a wild guess, but I would have never came up with that. Yeah, Sparky Anderson, Earl Weaver, and National League coach that night, Walter Alston, oh, were okay. also Hall of Famers. Uh, but the, the idea that 16 players or first ballot Hall of Famers is uh, is astonishing. Home runs were hit by the National League. Johnny Bench, Hank Aaron, his first All-Star game extra base hit after he'd been in the majors for 15 years. Um, and Roberto Clemente. And for the American League, Reggie Jackson, the famous home run that hit off the transformer in the right field uh, light tower. Uh, Frank Robinson and Harmon Killebrew. Wow, yeah, that's 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 quite a group right there. <laughs> it, wow. <it's>, uh, <laughs> yeah, Willie Mays was the leadoff hitter for the National League that night. Yeah, I know we were talking about this uh, <laughs> last week, and you said and Clemente was it a reserve, right? He didn't yes. even start. For, yeah. He couldn't even start for the National League. <laughs> yeah, his Pittsburgh teammate Willie Stargell, who most people would think of as a first baseman, was a left fielder in those days. And uh, he, he he was the uh, third outfielder with Mays and Aaron. So, yeah. Uh, it, if you ever want to have some fun as a baseball fan, uh, YouTube does have the game in its entirety. Uh, you can look it up. And uh, it's, it's a highly entertaining game, uh, even if uh, NBC's camera work doesn't really show the majesty of some of those home runs. Anyway, that, uh, that wraps up today's uh, Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Uh, thank you for listening in. We'll be back next week. And for Paul Hoynes, I'm Jamie Turner. Have a good weekend, everybody.